ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء اتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ما بعد we continue with the explanation of the four hadith of an imam an-nawawi rahimahu Allah ta'ala in the last class we arrive to al-iman bil yawm al-akhir the belief in the last day this is one of the fundamental principles of faith that we believe in the last day and belief in the last day it includes belief in everything that is connected to the hereafter the akhirah and we covered that the hereafter starts once the person dies when the individual passes away his soul goes to the barzakh and now his next life begins at the time of death for him and we believe in the the grave in the life of the grave and that inside of the grave there is bliss for the righteous and likewise there is punishment for the wicked and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he taught us to seek refuge with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the punishment of jahannam and from the punishment of the grave and here barakallahu fikum the prophet telling us to seek refuge with allah from these affairs means that these affairs exist for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would not tell us or direct us to seek refuge with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from something that doesn't exist or something that is not a potential harm 
Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions يثبت الله الذين آمنوا بالقول الثابت في الحياة الدنيا وفي الآخرة. That Allah He makes those who believe firmly established with the firm statement in the life of this world as well as in the hereafter. And what is meant by Allah makes the or those who believe firm upon the firm statement in the hereafter, meaning in the grave. When the person is questioned, Man Rabbuk, Madinuk, Waman Nabiyuk. As we have the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, either Uqid al Mu'min fi Qabrihi Utiya, Thumma Shahida an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad rasulullah Fadhalika qawluhu ta'ala Yuthabbitullahu alladheena amanu bil qawla thabit The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He mentioned that the believer will be made to sit up in his grave And then he will be approached And then he will testify to la ilaha illallah In the grave The believer will testify to la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And this is the meaning of the statement of Allah That Allah will make those who believe established Upon the firm and established word Now Also you have the statement of Allah سَنُعَذِّبُهُمْ مَرَّتَيْنِ ثُمَّ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَذَابٍ عَظِيمٍ Allah says we will punish them two times and then we will return them back to a magnificent punishment. Many of the scholars of the past, they mentioned what is intended here is adab al-qabr, the punishment in the grave. As Mujahid, rahimahullah ta'ala, he stated, bilju' wa adab al-qabr, that they will be punished with hunger and the punishment of the grave. Thumma yuradduna ila adab al-azim, and then they will be returned back to a punishment that is magnificent or magnificent punishment, meaning on the day of judgment. Meaning, so the person is punished two times once in this life, once in a grave, and then punished on the day of judgment in the hellfire. But the shahid or the point is that there is punishment in the grave. And this is a part of believing in the hereafter. That there is bliss in the grave And likewise there is punishment uh, in the grave Another matter Barakallahu fikum Is that we believe That Allah Azza wa Jal Will bring this life to an end and the angel will blow the trumpet And any and everything that is alive Except for that which Allah wills Will perish, will die And then Allah Azza wa Jal Will blow the trumpet a sec- And Allah will uh, command the angel To blow the trumpet a second time And then Allah Azza wa Jal Will resurrect the people And then they will come forth For the judgment On the last day, there will be no Muslim alive. 
The only ones who will be alive on that day when the trumpet is blown, as far as mankind is concerned, are the most wicked of the people. Prior to that, Allah Azza wa Jal will send a wind, a rih, that will take the soul of every believer who is alive. So the Muslims will pass away before the last day, the day when the trumpet is blown. No, no believer will be alive on that day. So here's a question. Because we have the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي ظاهرين على الحق that they will not cease to be a group of people from my ummah who are apparent, who are apparent upon the truth. لا يدرهم من خذلهم أو خالفهم حتى الساعة And they will not be harmed by those who abandon them or those who oppose them. And this is until the hour so one hadith establishes that they will not cease to be a people who are victorious from this ummah, meaning Muslims, who will be upon the truth, apparent upon the truth, until the hour. But then you have another narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he establishes that the hour will not be established except upon the worst of the creation. The hour will not be established except upon the worst of the creation. So one narration says that they will always be a group of people apparent upon the truth until the hour. And then another narration establishes that the hour will not be established except upon the worst of the creation. How do we bring harmony between these two hadith? Yes. It says until the hour. It says until the hour. But you have the word and it says until the hour. But if it's Umm Qiyamah Then that would be a contradiction There's one hadith says When the hour was established It would not be established Except upon the worst of the people Meaning no Muslims would be alive And that in one narration describes That at that time People would be having open uh, Committing zina in the open Like the wild animals That's how bad the situation would be at that time And there would be no believer alive at that time 
the other narration says that this group who was apparent upon the truth will be there until the hour. You're not talking about like 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock. We're not speaking about that. But normally we say until the hour, we talk about the day of judgment. This is what we understand from the text. A sign, huh? The hour in the hadith that speaks about the Muslims, that group of Muslims who will be upon the truth until the hour is established, that hour is in reference to the hour or the time when Allah will send the wind to take their souls. That's talking about that hour. As for the hour will not be established except upon the worst of the people, that's talking about when the trumpet is blown. Even though the wording is the same, the sa'a, but it's two different times that are being referred to. So before the hour where the trumpet is blown, there's going to be that hour or that time that Allah will send the wind. And that wind will take the soul of every believer that is alive on the face of the earth. And then once that takes place, when all the Muslims have passed away, now all you have left are those who disbelieve. And these are going to be the worst of the people that ever exist. And then Yom Al-Qiyam will be established while those people are alive. And when the trumpet is blown, those people will be alive, like the worst of the people. And once the trumpet is blown, then those individuals who are alive, they will, they will perish. They will perish. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, perish, they will die. They're finished. Perish, they will perish, they will die. Once the angel blows the trumpet, they, when they hit, they're going to die. And then the angel's going to blow the trumpet again, and then everybody's going to come back to life. Now time for judgment. Excuse me? You said... No, 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 there's a, there's, a, there's a hadith I mentioned There's a 40 year period Between the two There's a narration An Abi Hurairah radiallahu an Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He mentioned Ma bayna nafqatayn arba'oon Qala arba'oon yawman Qala arba'oon shahran Qala arba'oon sana This is like, this is the question that's being asked so it says that between the two blowings of the trumpet, there will be 40. And is it 40 days, 40 months, 40 years? And that's the last thing that was mentioned. And then he says, Tumma yanzilullah min as That Allah Azza wa Jal, or yunzilullah min as ma. فَيَنْبِتُونَ كَمَا يَنْبُطْ الْبَقْلَ 
laysa min al-insan shay'in illa yubla illa 'adman wahida so then allah will send down like a rain from the heavens and it will go into the soil and then it will cause like the mankind to come because there's a there's a bone that's in the at the bottom that bone will not perish i forget the name of yeah jazakallah khairan from that mankind will be brought back to life mankind will be brought back to life so they will come out of their graves and then now they will be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is judgment day this is judgment day and when the people are resurrected the people will be resurrected barefooted and naked uncircumcised meaning as we were created the way we came out of the wombs of our mothers this is how we will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day yarhamukullah when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned this to Aisha radiyallahu anha he said yuhsharu an-nas yawm al-qiyamah hufatan Muratan Urlan or Hurlan. Kalat Aisha Radiallahu Anha Yara Surallah and Nisa or Rijal Jamian Yandur Badhumila Bab Fakala Rasulullahi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Aisha Al Amr Ashad Min and Yandur Badhumila Bab. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned to Aisha that mankind will be resurrected on the day of judgment. Where they will be, they will be barefooted, naked, and uncircumcised. So Aisha said, "O Messenger of Allah, the women and the men will be resurrected together, like next to one another. Some of them looking at others, meaning like a man will be resurrected, and the woman is right there. She's naked. Is he going to look at her, and she's going to look at him?" The Prophet sallallahu he said, Oh Aisha, the matter will be too serious on that day for people to be looking at one another. Nobody's worrying about the nakedness of the opposite sex. And we know how in this life, some people, they cannot keep their eyes off of the opposite sex. Every woman that passed by, he looks. Right? And some women, they the same. They look at men, but a little bit discreet. You know, they... On that day... No man is going to be worrying about the beauty of another woman and her nakedness. It's too serious, too severe. And with that being said uh, by the Prophet Sallallahu it is an indication for us that we need to prepare ourselves for that day. Something has to be very serious for a man not even to be, and this is and naturally a man is, is inclined towards a beautiful woman. But for a man not to be worrying about looking at the nakedness of a woman and a woman, not, and like everyone is just there, right next to each other, that shows that this is something serious is going on right now. Right. Something serious is going on right now. And one should not take the day of judgment as a joke.
The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam He mentioned that on the day of judgment the hellfire jahannam it has 70,000 chains and on each chain there's 70,000 angels pulling it and from the descriptions that we find in the Quran and the Sunnah that the hellfire as it is being pulled or as the hellfire is being brought forward it's roaring there's a roar that's coming from the hellfire it's frightening as Allah he mentions right? on the day when the hellfire is brought meaning the angels will be pulling the hellfire by the chains on that day a person is going to reflect he's going to remember what he put forth but it's too late at that time Because now is the time of reward and punishment Not the time of reflecting The time of reflecting is now in this dunya While we are alive, we're still breathing We have life, this is the time to reflect This is the time to remember What are we doing with our lives Are we putting forth good deeds Or are we sending forth bad deeds and the likes Now is the time to remember but for a person to wait until that day to remember the good and the bad, it's not going to be of any help. It's not going to be of any help. So a part of, subhanAllah, and this is one of the benefits in believing in the Day of Judgment, is that it makes the Muslim to prepare himself or herself for meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah azza wa jal, he mentions, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَالْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ All you who believe, have fear of Allah. And let each soul, let each person reflect and think about that which he is putting forward for tomorrow. Look how the Day of Judgment is described as being tomorrow. Subhanallah To show the closeness of it As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned Bu'ithu ana wasa'a kahatain Thumma fa'ala hakadha The Prophet said me I have been sent and the hour is just like this And then he put his two fingers together This is how close The coming of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is to the coming of the hour And this is very close It's right there So one of the signs Or the greatest of the signs of the day of judgment is the coming of the Prophet The judgment, the day of judgment is right after that. So Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions in the Quran, let each soul look at what it puts forward for tomorrow. And fear Allah. Indeed Allah is aware of that which you do.
So those who prepare themselves with the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing good deeds, by making tawbah, reflecting on that day, these are the ones who will be successful. As Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى And as for the one who feared standing in front of his Lord, meaning while he was in the dunya, he was worrying about standing in front of Allah on the day of judgment. So this is the one who's going to be successful. And what Allah mentions, and he prevented himself from following his evil desires. Indeed, the paradise would be his abode. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned in the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah, إِنَّمَا الْعَابِلْ يُبْعَثُ عَلَى مَا مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ that the servant will be resurrected upon that which he died on. So how you die is how you're resurrected on a day of judgment. And as the Prophet mentioned, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالِ بِالْخَوَاتِيمِ The actions are based upon how they end. So if a person, by the permission of Allah, he lived a righteous life. And he died upon righteousness. On the day of judgment, he's raised up as a righteous person. But if a person died upon corruption and wickedness and sin, this is how the person is raised up on the day of judgment. And if it is a Muslim who died upon wickedness and corruption, but the person is a Muslim, then the person is under the will of Allah. As Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions, "Inna Allaha la yaqfiru an yushraka bihi wa yaqfiru maduna dalika liman yasha." That indeed, Allah does not forgive their partners are associated with them, but He forgives other than that for whomsoever He wills. So the one who dies is a Muslim, but that Muslim has sins, acts of disobedience, corruption, but and the person never repented. From these sins, that person is under the will of Allah. If Allah wills, He will forgive him. And if Allah wills, He will punish him. But you don't know. Why take a chance? You don't know what your situation is going to be. Don't play around. Don't take that chance. Don't say, well, I'm going to commit zina. I'm not going to leave Islam, but I'm going to commit zina. I'm not going to leave Islam, but I'm going to consume intoxicants. I'm not going to leave Islam, but I'm going to indulge in riba. I'm going to steal people's money. But I'm going to stay a Muslim though. And Allah is Ghafoor Rahim. Nah, Allah is Ghafoor Rahim, but Allah is Shadidul Iqab also. Allah is the most, is, is the all forgiving and merciful. And at the same time, Allah is severe in punishment. So we can't be just focusing on the mercy of Allah and forget that Allah punishes Muslims. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Shafati li ahl al min al nahr." That my intercession will be for those Muslims who committed major sins to come out of the hellfire. 
So that shows that there are Muslims who will be in the hellfire and being punished in the hellfire, and then they will come out. But who wants to be punished? We cannot even stand Shafa'ati li al min al My intercession is for the people who died upon major sins to come out of the hellfire. Meaning that those Muslims who used to commit major sins and they did not make tawbah, some of them will go into the hellfire. And they will come out of the hellfire by way of the Prophet ﷺ intercession for them. He will ask Allah to forgive them to bring them out. But the point is, who wants to go? Right, who wants to go and then come out? There are even some narrations that mention that some of the Muslims will be in the hellfire, they will be burnt to like nothing remains from them. Except a small portion and then Allah will take them and put them into this river called the river of life. And then they will come and sprout out and they will go into paradise. But the people in paradise will know them as the Jahannamiyun. The Muslims who came out of Jahannam. Okay, alhamdulillah you made it to paradise but look what you have to go through. Who wants to go through that? Right? Who wants to go through that? We don't even have patience to be on a hot train and then the train stops in the tunnel. There's a delay. And we're burning up inside and we cursing MTA and all type of stuff. Right? We don't even want to go through that. That fire of hell is more severe than any type of heat and fire in this life. So when a person is contemplating Disobeying Allah as a wajal and living a life of crime, a life of disobedience, don't forget that hellfire that Allah as a wajal has prepared. It's real. As we find in Al Hadith Al Qudsi, Allah as a wajal, He created the paradise and He told Jibreel, go and look at it. And Jibreel, he goes and looks at the paradise and then he comes back and he says, Oh my Lord, whoever hears about this place, everyone will enter it once they hear about it. But then Allah surrounded the paradise with hardships and difficulties, trials and tribulations. Then told Jibreel, go and look. And Jibreel looked and came back and said, Oh my Lord, I fear no one will go into it. Meaning because of the difficulty, the sacrifices, that one has to make in order to get to paradise. And then Allah, He created the hellfire and told Jibreel, go and look at it. And Jibreel, He looked at the hellfire and came back and said, Oh my Lord, whoever hears about this place will never enter into this place. But then Allah, as a wajal, surrounded the hellfire with delights and pleasures and told Jibreel, go back and look. And Jibreel looked and came back and said, Oh Allah, I fear no one will escape it. Because the hellfire is surrounded by pleasure and desires, evil desires. So it's easy for one to fall into following one's evil desires because there's a portion of the soul that inclines towards that. But now when it comes to going to paradise, that takes sacrifice, getting up in the morning for fajr, a sacrifice. 
Praying the five daily prayers, stopping what you're doing, that's sacrifice. Staying away from the haram, that's a sacrifice we're making. That's a struggle that we that we're embarking upon. As the ayah says, nafsa anil hawa. And he prevents himself from following the evil desires. That's the path of paradise. You don't just walk into paradise. No, you have to put forth some action, some work. And then on top of that, it's still by the rahmah of Allah Azza wa But the actions put you in a position to receive the mercy. We don't just say, oh Allah, give us Jannah and then no prayer, no zakat, no siyam, no hajj, no umrah. Oh Allah, give me Jannah. We're stealing, we're drinking, smoking, not praying. SubhanAllah, bihamdah. We ask for the Jannah, but we also have to do the work for the Jannah. And all of this is a part of believing in the last day. Because it makes us, when we believe in the last day, it makes us work for it. And the stronger your desire for the paradise, the more good you do. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he mentions something that's known as Da'ful Irada. Da'ful Irada, yani the weakness of the person's intent or will, or the wanting of the paradise. A person, he says he wants paradise, but yet he intentionally leaves off prayer. That shows that he has a weakness in his desire for paradise. Because the more you want something, the more you work towards it. Just look at how we are in our worldly affairs. When we want something, we put forth the effort. You want a business, you start doing the research, the studying, you get the licenses that are necessary and required in order for you to open up your business. Right? A man wants to marry a woman, he starts to, who's the guardian, who's the wali, who's the father? And he sits with the father, the father says, okay, you're a nice brother, but you need to do A, B, and he goes and do, he goes and do what the father requested of him because he wants the sister in marriage, right? So that's how people are when they want things. But now we, as Muslims, we say we want paradise. No Muslim in their right mind is going to say he wants the hellfire. Tell you, every Muslim says that he or she wants to go to paradise. Tell what are you putting forward for it? What's the proof that you really want the paradise? Your actions, your good speech. Your obedience to Allah, your obedience to the Prophet that's the proof. And the more we do good, the stronger our desire is for the paradise. But the lesser we do good, the more we sin, that shows that there is a weakness there. There's a weakness. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُ فَهُوَ فِي عِشَةِ الرَّادِيَةِ وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُ فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةِ And as for the one who scales is heavy with good, then he will be in a pleasant life, a life that he is pleased with, a life of goodness, meaning in the paradise. But as for the one who scales a light with good, then his abode is the hellfire. 
the scholars mention that there are three things that are measured or weighed on the day of judgment. Number one, the actions themselves are weighed. The actions. Number two, the scrolls in which your deeds are written upon, these are also weighed. And number four, the person himself. Number three, the person himself. These are the three things that are weighed. We have the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kalimatan habibatan ila rahman khafifatan ala lisan thaqilatan fil mizan. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanallah al-azim. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, there are two statements that are beloved to the most merciful. They are light upon the tongue, but they are heavy upon the scales. And these two statements are, Subhanallah wa bihamdi, and glory be to Allah, and how far Allah is removed from any imperfection, and for Him is the praise. Subhanallah al-Azim, and glory be to Allah the Most Magnificent. That's the last hadith that's in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari. That's how he ended his collection of Sahih. So in this narration here, it shows that the actual statement is heavy. Khafifatan ala lisan, thaqilatan fil mizan. Light upon the tongue, heavy on the scales. So that shows that your actions are weighed. And then you have the narration where Abdullah bin Mas'ud, radiallahu an, he had climbed up into a tree to get like a siwak. And the wind blew and his shins became uncovered and they were very skinny. He's like, he was a, like very bony. So the, the, the people start laughing. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم مِمَّا تَدْحَقُونَ قَالُوا يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ مِنْ دِقَّةِ سَاقِي فَقَالَ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَالَّذِي نَفْسِ بِيَدِهِ لَهُمَا أَثْقَلْ فِي الْمِزَامِ مِنْ أُحُدِ SubhanAllah The Prophet said, what are you laughing at? They said, we're laughing at the boniness of his shins. His shins are very thin. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I swear by the one whom my soul is in his hands, those two skinny shins are more heavy on the scales than the mountain of Uhud. <coughs> so even though he himself was a skinny man, he will be heavy on the scales because of the good that he put forward. And that's Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu an. <coughs> Allah Azza wa Jal also mentions, فَلَا نُقِيمُ لَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَ وَزْنَا And we will not give them on the day of judgment any weight. Meaning an individual can come and he's a, a nice sized man, as they say a strapped man, a heavy man, and then when he's placed on the scales he has no weight. 
because he did not do good. He did not send forth good on the day of judgment. All prophets on that day, their dua, as the, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, dua la anbiya, ayyum qiyama, Allahumma sallam sallam. And oh Allah, keep us safe. Because when the people are going across the sirat, which will be over the back of the jahannam, the hooks, the narrations mention, the hooks will come out. And some people will get scratched, some people will be pulled into the hellfire. So as the prophets and their nations are going across the bridge, they're making dua, Oh Allah, keep us safe, keep us safe. Because the prophet described this bridge as being uh, thin, like a hair, sharp like a, a blade. And some people, according to their iman, according to their faith, according to their deeds, they will go across the bridge like lightning, or a blink of an eye. Some will go across the bridge like a fast horse or the likes. Some will be crawling, some will be walking, some will be running. So depending on your good deeds, depending on you, yes, yeah, some Muslims will fall into the fire. Say that again. The dua of the Prophet wasallam, is a dua to keep us safe. But there are some people that Allah decrees to punish. And those people have to be punished because Allah, His word is over everyone's word. His decree is over what anyone wants or they don't want. وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ And you do not will accept that Allah, Allah's will is over our will. We may want something, but Allah decrees something else. Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wanted his uncle to be a Muslim, but Allah did not guide Abu Talib. As Allah mentions, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَحْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ You do not guide who you love, O Muhammad, but Allah guides whom He will. So Allah controls the affairs. So yes, even though these prophets are making this dua, some people, the dua will not cover them. They have to get their punishment. And that's because of how they lived while they were here in this world. And again, when we read the likes of these narrations, when we see how concerned the prophets are for their nations, you know, this should be an encouragement for us to do good so that we are from the people who will be safe while going across the bridge on the Day of Judgment. Uh, there's another narration that Allah will bring an individual in front of the people on the Day of Judgment. And then he will have تسعين سجلن, and he will have 99 scrolls. And every scroll is the length of the person's eyesight. And then it will be said, Atunkir من هذا شيئا Do you deny any of this? And all of these scrolls is 99 scrolls of evil deeds. <coughs> so then he will be asked, Did my writers oppress you? Meaning the angels who wrote down these deeds. Did they oppress you? For يقول لا يا رب for your call, alaka udr or hasana? Do you have an excuse of why you did all this evil? Do you have any good? So the person 
he will feel he's destroyed. He will say, La Ya Rab, I have no good. For Yaqul Bala Inna Laka Indana Hasanatun Wahidatun La Dhulm Alaikal Yom Fatukhraj Lahu Bitaka Fiha Ashadu An La Ilaha Illallah Wa Anna Muhammad Rasulullah so Allah will say to the, to the servant, Indeed, you do have a good deed with us. There's no oppression upon you today. So then a card will be brought, will be brought out. And on this card will be written, I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. فَطُضَعَ السِّجِّلَّاتِ فِي كَفَّةً وَالْبِطَاقَ فِي كَفَّةً فطاشت السجلات وثقلت البطاقة. So the scrolls, the ninety-nine scrolls of bad deeds, we put on one scale, and then the card that has لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله will be put on another scale, and it will it will flip out the bad deeds. And that's how heavy this kalima of la ilaha illallah is Muhammad Rasulullah. But don't understand from the narration now that I'm going to commit all the sins that I want to do and all I have to do is say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that. It does not mean that. But some people, they still hear the hadith and they misunderstand. Rather, the hadith is speaking about the virtues of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And how this statement of Tawheed and the statement of Al-Ittiba' with the fulfillment of the conditions of it. Because you can't say La ilaha illallah and then you still worship in the shaykh in the grave and then think that the card is going to come on your muqiyama and then make the shirk go away. No. No, it doesn't work like that. But the point is that the man, he did evil. The man had sins. And he has so much sense, is as if he didn't do any good, but he does have some good. And Allah Azza wa Jalla honor him by that good that he has done. But who says that's going to be you or me? Meaning the people who, who read this hadith, and they're doing evil. And they say, well, alhamdulillah, I say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. I know I'm stealing right now, I know I'm using drugs, I know I'm committing zina, but I say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And on the day of judgment, that's going to be stronger than all of the sins I commit. No, the hadith is not encouraging you to do evil and just say la ilaha illallah. No, it doesn't mean that. Rather, it's speaking about the virtues of the kalima of a tawheed and the virtues of the kalima of the itiba' of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As the Prophet ﷺ mentions in the narration that there will be nothing that will outweigh the name of Allah, the most merciful, the bestower of mercy. Hear that? Allahu 
belief and hereafter as it relates to the paradise and the hellfire we must believe that the paradise and the hellfire exist now paradise and the hellfire exist now and Allah Azzawajal has made paradise to be 100 levels and between the two levels is the distance between the heavens and the earth. And the highest place in the paradise is Al-Firdaus Al-A'la. And over Al-Firdaus Al-A'la is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, فَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُ اللَّهَ فَاسْأَلُوا Al-Firdaus that when you ask Allah, ask Allah for Al-Firdaus. فَإِنَّهُ أَوْسَطُ الْجَنَّةِ وَأَعْلَى الْجَنَّةِ وَفَوْقَهُ أَرْشُ الرَّحْمَانِ For indeed, it is like in the center of the paradise, and it is the highest place in the paradise, and over it is the throne of Allah. Also, paradise has eight doors, as the Prophet mentioned. Fil Jannah, Thamaniya, Abwaab. Fiha Baab, Yusamma, Arrayyan, La Yadkhuluhu Illa Sa'imun. That the paradise has eight doors. And they have one door by the name of Arrayyan, and no one enters into this door except for those who fast. And as for the hellfire, again we believe that the hellfire exists and the hellfire has different levels. As Allah mentioned regarding the hypocrites, Indeed the hypocrites are in the lowest depths of the hellfire. And the Prophet's uncle, Abu Talib, he will be punished in a shallow part of the hellfire. 
So this shows that the hellfire is of different levels. And the hellfire has seven doors. As Allah Azawajal mentions, لَهَا سَبْعَةُ abwab That the hellfire has seven doors. And the hellfire, barakallahu feekum, will exist forever for the disbelievers and the hypocrites. As for the part of the hellfire that punishes the believers, then you have some of the ulama, they say this is the part of the hellfire that will cease to be. As the discussion is, will hellfire remain forever or not? You have some that say, no, the hellfire will not remain forever, meaning the part that's for the believers. Once the, all of the believers come out of that part of the hellfire, that will no longer exist, and Allah knows best. But in any event, the Prophet, he said, نَارُكُمْ جُزْ مِنْ سَبْعِينَ جُزْءًا مِنْ نَارِ جَهَنَّمْ Your fire is a part of 70 parts from the hellfire, from the fire of the hell. So the, the fire that we have in this life is a portion of 70. A portion. And we know that we do not have the ability to stand the fire in this life. So be mindful, brothers and sisters, to prepare ourselves with meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing good and prohibiting ourselves from doing evil and staying away from those things that Allah, He's not pleased with and striving to be a good Muslim and to die upon goodness, to die upon Islam, dying upon righteousness as the servant will be raised up upon that which he dies on, on the day of judgment. Inshallah ta'ala will stop at this point, whatever is correct. The praise is for Allah Azza wa Jalla alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdika shadu wa la ilaha wa anta staghfiruka wa antubilaik.